Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture. Uh, all these articles or stories I'm going to be talking about are actually articles over at Small Screen, which you can find at small-screen.co.uk. My name is Edward Lauder. I'm the editor of Small Screen, and this show comes to you every uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And of course. We talk about all things pop culture related, so mainly movies and TV shows, the occasional video game, and sometimes comic books, but not, well, comic books in relation to comic book movies, let's say. Right, and let's get straight into the biggest news of the day, which is that Zack Snyder's Justice League has been revealed to be R-rated. So this was actually revealed by um, the Film Ratings Board over in the United States. So here in the UK or in France, uh, ratings are a bit different. So we don't have that sort of um, R-rated system that you have in the, in the United States. Uh, sorry, is I... That's better. Uh, no, what we have instead is uh, is something slightly different. So we, in the UK, there's like 18, which um, would actually be more than an R rating. I believe an R rating in the UK would be a 15. In France, it's just um, <laughs> it's uh, it's like the wild wild west in France. You, it's very difficult to get things kind of rated R in France. They tend to be quite um, liberal with the way they uh, with with their movies, which is the way they are. And I prefer it personally, but you know, some people don't. Uh, so yeah, according to Heroic Hollywood, um, they tweeted that the movie is going to be R-rated due to violence and some language. And I'm very excited that this movie has some language in it. That's a very good thing. Um, I'm being facetious, but <laughs> it's just uh, it's just the way I am. Uh, right, so uh, as for some reason, it's displaying weirdly on the live, which is weird. Why is it doing that? Uh, let me just check Facebook. Hopefully Facebook is fine. Well, it should be. Uh, no, Facebook seems to be all right. What's going on with YouTube? Um, hmm. YouTube is being a bit weird. Let me know in the comments if uh, YouTube is being weird. It shouldn't be. It should be streaming fine. It's saying that there's no data, which is really weird. Uh, no, now this. Well, this is this is the annoying thing about live streaming. Because um, there's always some, certain things that go wrong on you, especially YouTube. Uh, just going to check the live stream. Oh, it seems to be fine. Right, I'll keep on going anyway. So, what does what does this all mean? Well, it means actually the interesting thing about Zack Snyder's Justice League being R-rated is it actually means that the movie is coming out in cinemas, which is a good thing. Um, we kind of knew that that was happening before, but this is like a, official that it's coming. And um, it means that it's, uh, it's going to be coming out in cinemas, which is a good thing, but it's going to be four hours long. So that's a difficult thing. Fingers crossed it does end up coming into cinemas because at the moment things are a bit kind of weird thanks to the pandemic. But I'm really, really hoping it does. Um, let me know in the comments if you're hoping it comes to the cinemas as well. Is this something you're excited to see? Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there that are really, really looking forward to seeing this movie. I am. Uh, of course, I've said on multiple occasions, I'm not the biggest Zack Snyder fan in the world, but I do all I want to see is um, uh, these these uh, artists and directors get to get to put their vision, their initial visions, onto the big screen, and uh, it not be completely uh, kind of marred by studio interference, which is what it happened with Justice League. And Zack Snyder never got the chance to give us his version of that, which is going to be a four-hour-long extravaganza. Right? Let me know what you think about that in the comments below. Moving on, and moving on to uh, a bit of news from Giant Freaking Robot. 
Um, uh, they're saying that Zack Snyder's Justice League is rumored to kill off two of its superheroes. Actually, uh, now I posted this on um, on Twitter, and people were saying, "Oh, you know, it's going to be Cyborg. It's going to be the." I've heard Cyborg, um, the Flash, uh, Batman. Some people have said. Uh, some people have said Superman. Uh, very few people actually came up with the two uh, superheroes that giant freaking robots are claiming are going to die in the movie. And that's actually Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Yeah, that's mad. The characters that are basically the only two characters that are now having their standalone movies, apart from The Flash, of course, but The Flash doesn't really sound like a standalone movie to me. But they're the only two characters to have to have upcoming movies so wonder woman 3 is happening and aquaman 2 is happening so what are they doing killing them off in justice league well it's a story thing uh it seems as though they're going to die uh, in a battle of some sorts and then uh, the flash is going to go back in time to try and save them this is according to them so it, they're calling it an exclusive but again it's speculation until well you've seen the movie because i mean i'm i'm not someone that really uh, worries all that much about spoilers because I don't, I don't really care about that to be honest apart from if it had been the luke skywalker cameo in the mandalorian that would have been annoying if that had been spoiled before uh, i got to watch it but this i'm a bit like okay it's interesting they're going back in time we've seen the flash do it before in these movies so um i'm mildly interested to see if that's the case if it's not i don't mind uh but four hours something's going to be different something's going to happen so maybe that's it but let me know what you think about that in the comments below Right, moving on, and moving on to the Birds of Prey director, Kathy Yan, revealed that she did not have full creative control over her movie, which is Birds of Prey. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. I actually think Birds of Prey is one of my favorite DC Comics movies uh, made in recent years. I know people are going to be saying, like, what the hell are you on about? Because they, a lot of people think, uh, but the, think that Birds of Prey was terrible. I personally thought it was just a lot of fun. Um, I know there are prob problems with it, but... You know, it's just one of those things. It's like not every superhero movie is perfect. Uh, I thought the final act was pretty poor, but I really enjoyed Margot Robbie's performance. I thought um, the Birds of Prey uh, were brilliant, um, and I really, really loved Ewan McGregor in that movie. I thought he was a great villain. But um, yeah, the final third is is not good. But and the, but there are some. There's the scene in which um, Harley Quinn goes to the police precinct, which is fantastic and of course that was actually filmed i believe by the uh, or that was a reshoot i believe most of that and i think it was the john wick director that did that so this is what she's talking about really she said that she didn't really have creative control this was uh, she revealed this in an interview with the playlist and on their podcast which you go should go and have a listen to they have a their podcast is brilliant actually and she said i think when you're dealing with a budget like birds of prey uh, had the sort of pressures of a studio especially a studio that is undergoing a lot of change inevitably you end up having to compromise and fight for stuff and you win some and you lose a lot uh, it's just kind of how it is i have um sorry i would have i would have i would have loved to have more control over the edit but that's just kind of how it is i don't know if there's a kathy yan cut out there but i think for any filmmaker all of us are in it because we want to express ourselves as wholly as possible and to match what you ultimately see on screen with what's in your heart so she's actually talking exactly about what i was mentioning before which is that she would love to see like her initial vision put on the big screen but she didn't get to because of studio interference so in some cases, studio interference isn't actually necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, people that have a step back can, can sorry, take a step back from you as the director can actually th see things a bit clearer. Uh, 
unfortunately it's not always the case because a lot of it is down to like um just a lot of uh like screen testings and things like that which do get in the way because they're asking kind of everyday people what they think about this film and so on and so forth to be honest asking people like that i know they're supposed they're supposedly representative of the audience but those sorts of things i don't really think work for me although some people swear by it I've heard people in the past really say, like directors say, that they love screen testing their movies because it gets it lets them to kind of figure out things. But more often than not, like a big studio might not do it the best way and they might put too much emphasis on things like um, screen testings and things like that. Uh, and then there are like, you know, a lot of executives that get in the way and um, then you end up with something like Joss Whedon's Justice League or The Suicide Squad, which was awful. Birds of Prey, uh, I think they might have panicked a bit. Um, I think they thought that the, the action sequences weren't punchy enough, which is fair enough, which is why they brought in, I can't remember his name, it was the director of, uh, of um, I, I'm pretty sure it was the director of, of John Wick that uh, they brought in. But it's just, it's just one, of the, it's one of those things. It's like, Kathy Yan is a fantastic director. She um, directed a film called Dead Pigs, which was brilliant. It is really good. If you have the chance, go and check that out because I really, really think it's a fantastic movie. But it seems as though this might have been a bit too big for her like uh, early on in her career, like a big studio uh, blockbuster that, that she didn't really realize what she was in for. She thought she would have more creative freedom over the film, which I think, to be honest, is... The final film, it doesn't stink of studio interference to me. Um, I, I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like it very much, but I think actually it's a relatively decent film. And as far as DC Comics movies are concerned, I would actually think I'd actually say Birds of Prey is far better than Wonder Woman 1984 than Batman vs Superman. I'd put it on the same level as Man of Steel, to be honest. I think it, I think it's better than that. I think it's a lot better than Joss Whedon's Justice League. So I actually think it's it's one of the better films out there. I think maybe Aquaman 2 and Aquaman 2, Shazam and Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman are better are better films than it. Aquaman 2 for different reasons because I think that film is just mad and 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 beautiful in its own way and it, it's pure insanity. I think that film is is quite interesting. But um no, I really did enjoy Birds of Prey. I know a lot of you guys might not agree with me and do let me know if if you think I'm barking up the wrong tree here and think I'm absolutely crazy by saying that I actually like the Birds of Prey movie. Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to Timothée Chalamet. And uh, it's being rumored that he's up for a role in the MCU, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, Timothée Chalamet is one of my favorite actors. And I think I think he's really, really going to be huge. I think he's going to be massive. He's already pretty big at the moment. But, uh, you know, he's coming out. He's going to be playing um, Paul... Um, Atreides, I think that's how you say his last name in June, and that's going to be massive for him. But then, apart after that, he's got the the French Dispatch, which he's um, uh, he did a while back actually. Uh, that's a Wes Anderson film, and um, he's just got a lot of stuff up. He's playing Bob Dylan in the film. Uh, what's the film called? The film's called uh, Going Electric, and he's in Don't Look Up, which is Adam McKay's just mad film that has an insane cast. So he is really, really going places. And there have been lots of rumors about him being attached to certain projects. And now we got this covered as saying that Marvel Studios is very interested in casting him in the MCU. Now, they say that it's for an undisclosed role um, or an unspecified role is the word they, they put. Usually roles tend to be undisclosed quite early on 
you know for for the general public but you know, casting directors know what they're doing and they want to keep these things under wraps um especially when it's marvel but i was thinking which characters would he be good for in the mcu and there are a lot of them but the one that i came up with and actually it kind of ties in with wandavision is wiccan so Wiccan is um, is Wanda Maximoff's son, and he's uh, Speed's twin brother. So there've already been rumours that Speed might actually be played by Evan Peters. So if you have been watching WandaVision, then you'll know that the twins were born and remarkably quickly, which means that their growth rate might be a lot quicker than normal. So we might actually end up getting to see them kind of in in their twenties. Uh, in this show maybe some people have said but I think probably later on I do think they're going to bring those two characters into into the MCU at some point and I think he'd be brilliant for it there are other characters that he could play um, he could be a villain um, I think he'd be a really good villain but I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, I think he would benefit the MCU more being a hero rather than a villain uh, he could very well be a member of the X-Men. I think he'd be really good for that. I think um, that would be really, really interesting. Uh, there, there are some roles that I'm not so sure he'd be perfect for in the MCU. For instance, uh, Johnny Storm, I don't think he'd be very good for. Uh, I think he'd be I think he'd be someone magical if they're, go- if they're going to be casting him. Uh, I think he'd be good at that. And um, I still I still quite I mean he could be a great young Loki. I think he'd be a fantastic young Loki. I think that'd be really cool to see him play that that sort of role. But um, what do you guys think about this? Is this something that you're interested in? Is the is the idea of seeing like uh, well someone like or well, but is the idea of seeing Timothy Chalamet in the MCU something that kind of makes you excited? Is that an actor that you'd like to see be brought into the MCU? It sounds like Marvel Studios are thinking uh, of or is thinking sorry of bringing him into it i'm pretty sure kevin feige would love to have an actor of timothy chalamet's quality and uh, in the mcu they really do cast very very well and they're very careful about who they cast in the mcu because they had problems in the past with you know edward norton was one um then the uh, guy that originally played Rhodes, which uh, i'm blanking on his name now um oh god i'm oh when he, he was I can't remember now. Don Cheadle plays the character now, but I can't remember the name of the actor that originally plays him. That's not good. Terrence Howard. <laughs> it just came to me. Terrence Howard that played um, Rhodey in the orig- in the first uh, Iron Man. And then something, uh, people saying that it might have been I- um, Ike Perlmutter that made the- that took that decision to-, to have him recast. But apparently he asked for too much money and then they just didn't want to pay him. And then they brought in Don Cheadle. Um, apparently Ike Perlmutter said that they wouldn't, uh, that people, that stu- uh, sorry, that audiences wouldn't notice, which is not good. Uh, audiences did notice it was a change but Don Cheadle's a brilliant enough actor to be able to carry that through and just make the role his own which he's done now and uh, there's a bit of news uh, involving Don Cheadle in a bit right but what do you guys think about Timothée Chalamet playing a role in the MCU let me know in the comments right final bit of movie news and then we'll move on to TV stuff Uh, Robert Pattinson is reportedly in talks to play an infamous serial killer so this comes from Giant Freaking Robot again. Uh, and this is a really interesting one because they're saying that he's going to be, or he's up, sorry, for a role in a Martin Scorsese movie. So the role is uh, for H.H. Holmes, it was a serial killer, and um, it's going, the film is called The Devil in the White City. So if you know, well, first off, I'm going to say, I think I, the, I'm talking about two of my favorite actors, uh, Timothée Chalamet and now Robert Pattinson. I think he's brilliant. 
I even think he was good in those Twilight films. I, I think as Edward Cullen, he did the very best he could with that role and it, within that franchise. But ever since then, he's really made an effort to kind of explore the world of independent cinema. And uh, he's been in films, fantastic films, like uh, he was in Good Time with the Safdie brothers, which was directed by the Safdie brothers. He was in a bunch, two Cronenberg films that were Cosmopolis and uh, The Maps Beyond the Stars, was another one he was in. Um, he Cosmopolis for him was the, like the big one. Uh, then recently he was in um, High Life, which is a Claire Denis film. So he's been in these really fascinating movies. And of course, Tenants recently um, with Christopher Nolan. And now he's going to be playing the Batman, uh, uh, of course, directed by Matt Reeves. The reason I'm mentioning the directors here is because that for him is very, very important, uh, is directors. He, he, he would rather work with a director like, a, a, you know, um, for him, the director is more important than the role. So he it was been he said that he had a list of directors that he wanted to work with after having been in the Twilight franchise. And he gave it to his agent and uh, and said, I want to work with these people. And on that list, I think he had Claire Denis, he had the Safdie brothers, he had David Cronenberg, Werner Herzog, Christopher Nolan. And I believe Martin Scorsese was on that list. So it seems as though he might be about to bag his one of his dream directors. I think for him, Claude Denis was a big thing. Apparently, um, before he was cast in High Life, he was just emailing her constantly, uh, pleasing with her to, 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 get, to get him cast in one of her movies. And, and that just, to me, shows something quite fascinating about him as an individual and as an actor. He is very much director-first, I just want to work with these people. Uh, he, he, of course, takes some interesting roles in The Lost City of Dead, for instance, uh, that the role was just brilliant and, and he was really interested in, in that. And the director, I think, was a director he was interested in working with as well. But it, it looks like that's one of the reasons why I was so excited when he agreed to play the Batman, because it meant that this this project must have been interesting, in, interestingly, sorry, interesting enough to have someone like Robert Pattinson want to be in it. Of course, of course, Matt Reeves is a brilliant director. We know that from the Planet of the Apes movies and Cloverfield. So he is someone that they he see that, that Pattinson seems to really want to work with as well. So this is interesting. Um, the idea of um, of someone of Pattinson's caliber playing Holmes, playing H. H. Holmes, uh, the um, real life serial killer in a Martin Scorsese film is something that I'm really, really excited about. When I, I, I talk, the, the last two actors I've spoken about, the, you know, Timothy Chalamet and Robert Pattinson, I do believe they're on, they're on a kind of, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're about to be kind of on a real like <laughs> upward trajectory, which they already are. I mean, but I, I do see someone like Pattinson and, and, and someone like Chalamet as actors that could, could be in like the um um just like the greatest actors of all time kind of lists come like you know when i'm say like 70 years old you know that those two actors could definitely be in those lists but let me know what you think about this this is something that you're interested in seeing uh the is is the idea of seeing someone like robert pattinson playing a serial killer is that something that excites you it really is something that makes me excited so let me know your thoughts in the comments below Right, moving on and moving on to TV news. So WandaVision's secret Luke Skywalker-esque cameo has reportedly been revealed. So this comes from Giant Freaking Robot. And before I talk about this, um, spoiler warning, big, big spoiler warning, because this 
could be actually a spoiler. But then again, um, you know, this kind of is like a bit of a no-brainer to a certain extent. Um, so they're claiming, again, spoilers, they're claiming that the big Luke Skywalker-esque cameo is going to be Doctor Strange. So I'm a bit skeptical about this because I'm pretty sure that Do Doctor Strange is going to be in the series anyway. I was kind of let's say 70% sure from the beginning that he would turn up. And it's not really a Luke Skywalker-esque cameo for me. It's not like, oh my God, it's him, kind of Doctor Strange moment. I mean, it'd be cool. It would be cool. But for me, I was really thinking of other characters that might you might not immediately think would be turning up in this. And that's why I was kind of leaning more towards Magneto. But, I mean... Again, I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening. It's all speculation. Um, I've just been told some things um, about certain characters turning up in relatively small parts. But as far as Doctor Strange is concerned, I'm already. I was already pretty much sure that he was going to be in the show. But I, I would like to see him in it. I think. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is a brilliant actor, and of course, WandaVision is reportedly going to be the start of a kind of like unofficial trilogy of, of multiverse movies, which uh, or multiverse projects, which includes WandaVision, Spider-Man Three, and then ends with Doctor Strange Two. Um, so it would make sense for either Doctor Strange or Spider-Man turning up in this. I think it made more sense given the type of show it is for Doctor Strange to turn up. But uh, I'm I'm excited about this if it's true. I I, I mean again as I said before, I'm not a big and I don't really care too much about spoilers. I, I think a show or a movie should be better than its twists uh, and then it, than its secret cameos. Um, and therefore, like, if the story, if it serves the story, then yeah, fine. I think Jacques Schrafer, I think she's a brilliant showrunner, a uh, really, really clever person and someone that has thought long and hard about this. So if any characters turn up, well, when they do, because she said there will be some surprises along the way, um, there will be a reason for them turning up. It won't just be for, you know, f to please the fans, basically. There, there will be a reason why Magneto might turn up or Ultron might turn up or uh, Evan Peters' Quicksilver might turn up or Doctor Strange might turn up uh, or even Wolverine, for that matter. You know, actually, Hugh Jackman turning up as Wolverine would be a Luke Skywalker moment. That would be a bigger moment for me that, than, let's say, Benedict Cumberbatch turning up as Doctor Strange, which kind of everyone knows is going to happen anyway. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on. And moving on to uh, Don Cheadle, which is a, a story I teased before. So he's actually revealed that he will be playing War Machine in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is pretty good news, actually. Uh, that show is coming out in August, I believe. And uh, it's already gearing up to be a very, very interesting show, a bit of a spy show, a very different <laughs> from WandaVision. But he was talking to Bro Bible, which is actually a, a website I wasn't... Uh, wasn't familiar with. It sounds like the American version of Lad Bible, <laughs> uh, which it probably is. But um, here's what he said. He said, uh, that's some of the fun of the MCU that we all get to show up in each other's stories and there are ways that, we we, that we're cross-platforming these characters and they become storylines sometimes in the movies. And then in these storylines in the movies become storylines in the shows. It's really fun and interesting and by all imagina imagination completely open-ended. This can go anywhere. It's great and I can't wait to be in the room with the writers and figure out how the, um, all those things connecting armor walls to the mcu happen you know Rhodey shows up in winter soldier so uh, and falcon show so it can be a lot so i don't know if he realized what he just revealed 
um, there whether because that wasn't actually official that there was no official kind of confirmation that War Machine was going to be in that show so I actually think that was a mistake on his behalf and I'm pretty sure Marvel Studios is a bit annoyed about that but you know I think it's cool I think it's cool that he's coming again I'm not Marvel's very good at keeping things under wraps and I'm not very spoiler reverse let's say I think it's fine if things get spoiled but I know I, I I know that there are people out there that want to keep surprises to a minimum well to a maximum sorry um so you know and that's that's good as well that is I can kind of see that I'm kind of sitting on the fence I know but I I personally I'm not someone that's like oh my god I can't believe you spoiled this but I do understand why people are like that and that's fine and you know at small screen we do try and keep it spoilers to a, an absolute minimum and if we do put put spoilers in articles we do give people massive warnings <laughs> um so yeah let me know what you guys think about uh, about war machine turning up in falcon and the winter soldier in the comments right ewan mcgregor has confirmed that the obi-wan kenobi series will start shooting this spring and it will be shooting in la not in the uk so there have been lots of tabloids uh, in the uk saying that they're going to be shooting kenobi in the united kingdom turns out not to be the case uh, ewan mcgregor was talking to eddie izzard who's been doing interviews whilst doing marathons, which is really strange. Uh, he's been running on a running machine, running marathons, and was talking to Ewan McGregor whilst running a marathon. Uh, so it sounds like he needs uh, the support. Uh, and uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor revealed that they were going to be shooting in the spring in LA. So this is what he said. He said, we start making it in the late in late spring, and we're going to shoot it here in LA. And not, it's so funny, every week there's a new report. My dad was sending me links saying, I thought you were shooting in LA because there's another tabloid... Um, exposing that we're shooting in some bizarre town somewhere uh, then we're meant to be making it in boston and then we're meant to be making it no it wasn't boston it was boston england but we're not we're shooting it in la so i mean it sounds to me like so first off this is a show that i'm really excited for it's going to be directed and i think she's the showrunner as well by deborah chow who directed two episodes i believe of the mandalorian season one she is brilliant um, this show was going to start filming a, a long time ago, actually, and then they kind of decided to rewrite the scripts. So they took it back to the drawing board and then the pandemic happened. So that's why we've been waiting so long for this to, to start shooting. Uh, Deborah Chow is brilliant. Ewan McGregor is brilliant. And I am very, very excited for this. I think the Cassian Andor series is filming at the moment and the Book of Boba Fett, are the two shows that are filming at the moment, I'm pretty sure they're close to wrapping. At least the Book of Boba Fett is. Uh, Cassian Andor, I'm not so sure. And I think that is actually filming in the UK. Uh, I think. Don't don't quote me on that, though. Uh, but what do you guys think about that? Are you looking forward to uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Let me know in the comments. Right. Uh, the CW has renewed The Flash, Batwoman, and DC Legends of Tomorrow. I was actually really surprised by this uh, because those shows are kind of in weird areas. Now, Batwoman Season 2 has not been doing well. Uh, not at all. DC Legends of Tomorrow has been doing okay. And The Flash is now on its... Well, Season 7 just finished. So that's a lot of seasons. So it's so basically, uh, Batwoman season three has been confirmed. Uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow D uh, season seven has, has been confirmed, and the Flash season eight has been confirmed, along with the likes of All American, Charmed, uh, Dynasty, In the Dark, Legacies, Nancy Drew, Riverdale, Roswell, New Mexico. They're they're all the shows that they've um, they've renewed. So they do still have some shows at the at the CW, which is good. It, it's a early early to announce the, that they're renewing these things but um i mean i think these will probably be the final seasons uh, of these dc comic shows I'm, I'm pretty sure because uh warner brothers wants to start making more of these shows on hbo max and they probably want to bring them all over to hbo max and kind of 
not do the CW stuff. But that's just my opinion. That's not based on like any insider sources or anything like that. I just think that's probably what they should do. Uh, because these shows have been running on, running for a long time and Batwoman hasn't been doing well, which is a, a bit of a worry. Uh, I watched the first episode and thought it was fine. Uh, but a lot of people really didn't like that first episode, which uh, is understandable. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right. Uh, John Barrowman has told The Express, which is the company I used to work for, uh, that he thinks Ollie Alexander from It's a Sin should be the next Doctor Who, or the next Doctor in Doctor Who. So it was revealed actually by The Mirror, which is, uh, they're linked to The Express. I used to work for both companies. And um, it was revealed that Jodie Whittaker is going to be leaving after season 13. So they're going to have to recast or, or cast a new Doctor. So that means that loads of people have been putting in, uh, you know, giving their names. So uh, Richard Ayoade, Daniel Kaluuya, Himesh Patel have all been in in the running or names that people have been mentioning. And then Ollie Alexander turns up, who's the singer of Years and Years, and is currently in a show called It's a Sin, which is actually uh, written and um, it's created by Russell T. Davis, who originally was uh, involved, heavily involved with the showrunner, I believe, of Doctor Who. So it kind of makes sense. And if you watch It's a Sin, then you really do understand why John Barrowman would say that he thinks, you know, he'd be perfect. And of course, he'd be the first gay man or openly gay man to, to be cast as um, as the Doctor, which I think would be brilliant. So he said, it's a sin. There you go. Another pandemic um, that we went through. And that's why I get to say, uh, that's why I say get the vaccine. We as gay men and women have been through a pandemic already. 37 million people worldwide have died from HIV and AIDS and, you know, get the vaccine. Anyway, however, Ollie would be amazing. He's quirky, he's fun, and he's a lovely actor, and I think he'd make a wonderful doctor. So that was uh, in an interview with The Express. And um, I think he's right. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's a sin. You should. You should go and watch it. It's, it's really a really good show. It's on Channel 4 in the UK. I don't know where it's uh, airing in America. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm not sure about that. But I think Ollie Alexander for The Doctor should be a hashtag that starts trending. Uh, I hope it does because I think he's brilliant. Right, final bit of news. Uh, Better Call Saul's final season uh, will start filming in March. So that was re revealed by Deadline. Uh, I'm going to be honest. That's a show that I haven't watched uh, I kind of uh, watched Breaking Bad, finished that, and then didn't didn't watch Better Call Saul. I probably should, but uh, yeah, that's going to the final season is coming up, and they're shooting it in March. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Thank you so much for watching. Um, you can follow Small Screen everywhere at Small Screen Co. Uh, if you listen to this as a podcast, you can you can find that wherever you get your podcasts at Small Screen Stories. You can go and check out the articles over on the website, which is which is at small-screen.co.uk. Uh, you can follow me at, at uh, on sorry on Twitter at EJ Lauder, uh, and um, yeah. Uh, if you'd like to write for us, you can. You can uh, email me with your pitches at um, edwards at small-screen.co.uk. Uh, we do pay our writers, and I love to see uh, all your brilliant work on the site. It's wonderful to see uh, people that are passionate about all things pop culture, and um, Small Screen is an avenue for people to, to write and to express themselves and their feelings about shows and movies and stuff like that, and that's a, a great thing about the site that I do love. And... Um, that with that i'll say goodbye uh the next show will be on tuesday thank you very much for watching and listening guys and i'll see you in the next one cheers and goodbye